0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Angie Summers, a mental health advocate and author. Angie has over 20 years experience managing, living with, and thriving with bipolar disorder, which she chronicles in her book, 13 Nights. So now let's meet this young woman and gain some insights. Angie Summers, good morning and thank you so greatly for being with us today.
1: Thank you for
0: having me. It's great to be here. And I was taken instantly in seeing information about you by the fact that you're a mental health advocate, and that really, you know, hones into me because I think that we have a real situation in our country, in our communities, with mental health issues, and there's such an ignorance around this and a stigma as well. And so any time that there's an opportunity to really have a good conversation about it, educate, inform, really is key for me. So thank you, first of all, for, for being an advocate. Thank you for sharing of yourself and also for writing this book, 13 Nights.
1: Oh, awesome. Thank you. Um, the book definitely helps me through my journey, so I'm definitely proud of it.
0: Was it difficult to write the book?
1: No, actually. I mean, it was difficult in the sense that I really opened up about my entire life. I felt like it was very important to start from the beginning. And I actually wrote the book because when I was first diagnosed with bipolar and I ended up in a mental facility, there were very little books. There were just not any books about a girl with bipolar. You know, I couldn't find in their little library anything that could inspire me, you know, to keep fighting, even though i had been diagnosed with something that a lot of people, it's a tough diagnosis.
0: Well, I think maybe tough on two fronts, tough to hear the diagnosis, but tough because from my understanding, it's really difficult or has been difficult for um, for the professionals to really say this is exactly what it is. There's kind of lots of trial and error. It, was this your experience? Yes.
1: Yes, it was. Because when I first was diagnosed and they put me on some psychiatric meds, unlike most people that is so scary to them. You know, they figure out in their head that there's all these side effects they're going to have to deal with, which that's a real thing. It's a real part of the struggle. But for me in order, you know, the title of my book, 13 nights, it talks about that I went 13 nights with no sleep and that's the premise of when I started to become bipolar. So when they put me on psychiatric meds, I was excited beyond means to be able to get some sleep so right off the bat, one thing I learned is that medications are key, and I think that's something that's not clear in the mental health world. It's very, some people think you don't need to do it with medications, and others believe that you absolutely have to, and I'm I'm on the side of you, you absolutely need that.
0: In saying that, and I really appreciate how you frame that, do you think that there are situations where people can deal with the bipolar disorder and not use medication?
1: I do. I haven't had much luck, but I do think that if someone was able to kind of, you have to know yourself really well in that, you know, if that were to work, you would have to know that, oh, I'm getting kind of over aroused. It's time for me to do a walk or something to kind of release that. And I mean, I couldn't imagine having to deal with my anxiety without the medication I have to help me through it. So if anyone's going alone at it, I'm guessing they have the best nutrition, they're exercising every single day, and, you know, really taking care of themselves. I think that's the only way it would work. So let's just take a
0: step back here and talk about a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. What does that actually mean? What do you as a person with this diagnosis, bipolar suggesting like bi to, is there like a, a two different ways of being?
1: There's the common idea about bipolar is that it's either you're up and you're happy or that you're down and you're sad. And it's it's kind of that, but along with it, it you know, the seasons, changing seasons that affects people with bipolar and that for me can be just it knocks me out sometimes the anxiety I get once it's starting to get lighter or darker it doesn't matter but the change of season is something that's very important um, I just I, I really think also with daylight savings time that's that's a struggle you know um, bipolar is a lot about not just being up or down on a spectrum but how you deal with light, the lack of light. And that's a big part of it, too, that I don't think people think about.
0: Well, and it's interesting the way that I heard you say um, the, the the light, the dark. So suggesting that even the longer days aren't necessarily really great, is it more the transition from uh, going from short Short days to the longer daylight, or you know, uh, uh, shorter nights to long darkness?
1: Yeah, both for me, it's both, and it usually happens. Now, I've also talked to other people with bipolar disorder, and one thing we agree on is it usually is two months of the year. One of the months for me is usually October in the fall when it's starting to get dar- darker, and I typically get when it gets darker that I get a little bit more depressed and I have to really work on my depression during that time. But once it starts to be about May, April, May, and it starts to get lighter, then I start to get more anxiety. So instead of throughout the month going, Oh, I was up this week and down the next, it's more of like what's going on seasonally. Um, Cause that is really important. The light, you know, that w- we have to live with Um you know, they come out with these lamps that you can light near you, and it tricks your brain in thinking that you are seeing more sunlight. So if it is the, the length of the season that's affecting you, there are things out there you can do that will really, really help you get with it and deal with it.
0: And I think they call that SAD, seasonal affective disorder, when it comes to using light therapy. But when you have a diagnosis of bipolar, do you find that that really is a help or not?
1: I found that in the beginning, when I started to use light therapy, I wasn't doing it correctly. So it's very important to talk to a doctor before you do it. I was in front of it too much, so it was making me stay up more at night, and then it was almost giving me anxiety. So you have to be careful, because I think it's about 10 minutes, and I don't think you stare directly at it. It has to just be lit in your, you know. They've changed since, you know, this was 20 years ago. I had my light, and it was a huge light. They've come a long way since then, so.
0: And so it was after that time that you actually uh, came to have some of the medication therapy?
1: Yeah, I think with bipolar, one of the things I've heard and other people talking about is that you can have a break with reality, and they won't jump to a conclusion that you're automatically bipolar. But the once you have a second break, so for me, my first break was the 13 nights I didn't sleep. Then in October, after that, I had another break, and that's when they went, "Yep, she's bipolar." So the doctor diagnosed me and. I had met her only once, and it was a little scary, but I did have a lot of faith in the just the medical profession that was going on. I had a lot of faith in the medication. So I think that it was a little special, while other people, they more struggle with the idea of getting on medication. I was ready.
0: To get that relief.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, when you can't sleep, and everybody's trying to give you all sorts of natural remedies to help you fall asleep, and it's Still not working. I mean, to be quite honest, I was terrified. I mean, why wasn't I sleeping? And now I can take a step back and go, oh, I get it. There were some things that happened. But at the time, I was so desperate, so desperate to sleep that I didn't have time to question the psychiatric meds. I didn't have time to say, oh, I don't want to deal with these side effects. I just wanted to sleep. That's all I wanted.
0: I can't even imagine 13... 13- night that's two weeks of no sleep it it seems hard to believe a person could survive with no sleep that
1: long that's how I was feeling is that eventually one of these days I'm gonna I'm gonna peter out and kind of I didn't know I was so scared and it was hard on my friends my real friends because they they saw this change in me and all of a sudden you know I, I had lost a lot of weight during that 13 nights um it was really tough, but I had my sister, Brooke, who was just there for me. I couldn't explain. She, she would get me out of school because even though I wasn't sleeping, I was still going to school. I was going to be a, you know, graduating from high school in a month, and I should have stayed home those days, but I didn't, so it, it was hard because kind of everyone in my school knew I was struggling.
0: And being that, you know, here you are nearing graduation, how did that work out for you? Were you able to complete classes and
1: graduate? What happened is that because it was about a month, I was starting my senior projects. And I got to a point where that wasn't even a thing. I couldn't focus on that. I couldn't focus on any of my projects. I mean, I was falling apart. So my mom was able to meet with the teachers that I had and with my guidance counselor and they explained what was going on with me and every teacher, every single one of them said, yes, we noticed that something is wrong with Christy. And that really, 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 really surprised me. And that's my nickname. So I don't know. I think that, I don't know, family and like my sister Brooke, um, the few good friends I had, they were kind of definitely there for me but there was a lot of questions about well is she on drugs or you know so having that go on through during high school was really really it's still tough because I still run into people and I can tell that they wonder
0: whether you were like using some sort of uh drugs like uh, illegal drugs rather than having a mental health issue
1: Right and to be fair to those friends like some things that were really changing before the 13 nights were that I started to smoke marijuana a lot with my new friends friends that you no know, I have no idea to this day of how I got connected with them really I just started hanging out with some new kids and next thing I know I'm smoking a ton of marijuana and I just I had an incident in the school where it was a mistake But they had announced that there was a shooter in our school and that we all needed to hide. And I know that that didn't help before the 13 nights and before my diagnosis. I mean, there was some, you know, the stress of graduating didn't help. And then the stress of thinking, how am I going to explain myself to all these people? I kind of felt like at the time, like I should be able to explain. But what's great is now I see that I don't owe anybody an explanation about those times. And about my odd behavior. I, like anyone else, struggled, but I was able to pick myself up. And that's mostly because I didn't really care what other people think, you know. I mean, I think that's important if you're bipolar, to not think too much about what others are thinking about you. You've got to focus on how you think about yourself.
0: That's wisdom beyond words, really, Angie. But I can appreciate how um, when you're struggling with a mental illness, that would be so challenging. So, I mean, huge kudos to you to be able to be that strong. It's I think it's evidence uh, of your strength and determination. How would a lot of people though? Because I think that you know, there's weakness that exists, and and we want people to uh, look at us and accept us um, in in a good way. What do you say to people who, you know, perhaps don't have that same kind of strength?
1: One of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to not just bipolar, but basically anything, but more on the mental illness side, I hear a lot, I see it a lot on Facebook. People say, I'm bipolar, I cannot control how I feel. And that is not a thing. There's no such, you know, bipolar doesn't make it so you can't think for yourself. It makes it so it's harder to make the right, you know, thoughts in your head, but you've got to work at it. You know, we don't, diabetics, when they're diagnosed, they don't get to sit around and go, well, I'm not going to do, take this insulin. I'm not going to do that. They have to take care of their health, and that's the same with mental illness. You can't, so many people want to ignore it and push it aside. You've got to accept that you've got something wrong, but there's help. There's a lot of help available right now, and they're coming at great speed to understand it more and more. And my hope is that we can, yeah, absolutely find a cure. But in the meantime, people, as far as being strong, you have to take the responsibility that it's time to take care of yourself. Does that mean you might have to stop drinking? Probably. Does it mean you're going to have to start exercising and eating right? Most likely. But if you need more courage, another thing I would say is just pray, you know, um, even if you're praying to something you don't know, they say that if you believe in a higher being, there's more hope in your life and whatnot. So that's where I get my strength is, you know, through prayer.
0: And would you say that the writing of this book, but maybe just writing in general, um, is connected to that that it it gives you some strength and insights.
1: Yes, and just finally getting to write down my version cuz I have so many brothers and sisters, their version of the story is different than mine, but it was really important to get my version out and it was so therapeutic to just finally just be honest, you know, I didn't want to share that I got caught up and started smoking a lot of marijuana. That was embarrassing to me, but I felt like the book had to be 110% honest because that's what we need in the mental health world is honesty and vulnerability and just the knowledge that, you know, we're we're in this together, and the only way we're going to find a cure is if we start speaking up and being honest. It's not easy to say, I feel angry today for no reason, but it needs to be said. And so is that something that you sometimes
0: feel there's anger and you just don't know what it is?
1: Well, along with seasons, stress is another thing that affects bipolar. You know, for me, this holiday, this past week of, you know, holiday fun, it has been a lot of fun, but at the same time, it's stressful for me. And stress is just a killer. And I've, I've even come to realize that with bipolar disorder, even the tiniest amount of stress is it makes it bigger. It makes it harder to deal with. I have to constantly like breathe my way through my day. Sometimes I mean, and with that said more on the prayer end, meditation is something I just put out there because you get to sit down, you know, be silent and that stress will significantly lower. I mean, Meditation is a wonder, and if you feel more comfortable praying as a form of meditation, it works just as well. So stress is huge. Stress, the seasons, that's more my, you know, what I see as a bipolar
0: person. Mm. Someone, how about someone living with bipolar disorder, right? Right. As opposed to that being the adjective defining you, that okay you just happen to have this particular life lesson you're dealing with and and you're aware of it so you're managing it so i think speaking about it as you are and writing about it is certainly an incredible gift that you're giving us
1: thank you i i know that i don't know how i'm going to get to the position where i can hopefully sit down with more psychiatrists, therapists, and start getting the ball rolling to really, let's figure out how we can fix this. You know, I think they're working really hard on cancer, which is wonderful, and they've come a long way. But I'm wondering if we're putting that same amount of energy into mental illness. And I don't really think we are, hoping that one day we can possibly really focus on it.
0: You and me both, because I feel that um, it's something that has certainly borne a, st- a stigma over the years, uh, uh, which is a, uh, has been a negative thing. And the fact is, you know, we talk with someone, as you mentioned, diabetic or someone has cancer. We don't say, oh, you know, we let's not talk about that uh, as though it's a bad thing. It's not desirable. But it's, it's a health condition, and we do need to look at mental illness as a health condition.
1: Yes, absolutely. My brother, about, I want to say it was about seven months ago, he found out that he is a diabetic, and he didn't have a choice. He had to stop drinking. He had to change the way he eats. He has to exercise now. And I know that he was grumpy about it at first, but he's doing so well because he chose to really take care of his health. And so whether you're a diabetic or you have a mental illness, it's true that you've got to do the work. It's not going to come to you. It's not going to be as easy as taking a psychiatric and Boom, everything's, everything's good again. It's not like that. It's a journey and you've got to find tools along the way, like meditation and, you know, they say reading a self-help book for about 10 minutes a day helps people feel more inspired. I mean, There's so many things I've discovered in the last 20 years of being bipolar that can help. I mean, right down to aromatherapy is another one that I love essential oils and looking up which combinations help you relax, and they help me, you know. So there's not one answer. There's a bunch, and it's kind of up to you what you want to do.
0: So, Angie, you've... um done these amazing gifts of, of sharing of yourself this way in our conversation, of writing this book about your life, your experiences in 13 Nights, which of course people can find on Amazon,
1: correct? Yes. Amazon, Barnes and & Noble, and AuthorHouse.com.
0: Terrific.
1: And you, know, if we
0: have a favorite bookstore, and many of us do, we can also ask for it by name and it always can be ordered. Yes, right. like to plug our 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 small retail booksellers, but you also have uh, a, a web presence on Facebook. Uh, let's talk about that because I did find you on Facebook uh, at Angie Sum S U M M. We can find you that way, and there you you have shared. One of the things you've shared is a daily routine that you really. Mm, strongly support. as And and within that, you have the um, meditation, how prayer is is a part of it. So a routine, a daily routine seems to be really critical here.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, because things are so off balance within us sometimes. I think one thing that makes a bipolar person brave is when they go about their life, even though internally they feel anxiety one minute and the next minute they're feeling kind of fatigued, it's, it can be really, really tough um, dealing with that. But I just, in 13 nights, I know that, like, my friend Melissa, when I became bipolar, she was so, so concerned that I was going to completely change. And, you know, slowly and surely, she started to learn more. So I think along with learning more about yourself, and whatnot, you can figure out what you need to do. So I decided to make my Angie Summers page just challenges and whatnot, health challenges for myself. I'm not asking people to do them with me. I'm just saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. And hopefully people will join in, and you know, maybe I can make a bigger community from that page. But my whole point is just to get the word out there that I am a mental health advocate, and that you can do things to make yourself feel better. Exercise and meditation was the last challenge, and I did it for 20 weeks, and the goal was to be done this week, the week of Christmas, and the goal was to feel great during the Christmas season instead of tired and stressed and over you know, eating too much sugar and all of that kind of thing. Um, that's what inspired me to do the 13 nights page is to just give some health challenges out there because that's what it takes to deal with bipolar it takes meditation and it takes moving your body and other stuff, too.
0: And, you know, I think all of us have certain different kinds of things that we're dealing with. But it, it occurs to me as you are sharing uh, these things that are working for you, that are helping you to stay in a, a more positive frame of mind, uh, doing the exercise, the meditation, the prayer, eating more healthfully. These are things that just in general are beneficial for each and every one of us.
1: Yes. And routine, it really kind of evens your feelings out a bit. You know what you're doing. You know you have time to do it. And you know that you don't have to stress because you left yourself enough time to do the prayer and enough time to add journaling and with that. thats I mean, I am all for waking up early because you can wake up. You can do it in an hour. You can do it in a half an hour, but I do some yoga only for about five minutes just to wake up my body. And then I usually go into meditation first, prayer. Um, I write in my journal every single day. And then I decide it's time to do whatever exercise I want. I can go on my elliptical, I can walk my dog. Walking my dog is one of my favorite ones. And, you know, I love swimming at the pool. So the routine keeps me pretty stable when my insides, like I was saying, go, is going up and down and feeling kind of insane. I I can deal with it more, especially after the exercise.
0: That's, that's really great insight. And you were saying that while the week of, you know, all the holiday festivities has been somewhat stressful, but has it felt like, oh, yeah, the stress is there, but... It's, I can deal with it.
1: Yes. I, yesterday, waited to the last minute to get peppermint extract just for some baking I'm doing today. And it was so busy at the store. And the first store I went to, there was none left. So I went to another store and it was very busy and there was none left again. And I was starting to get to that point of frustration where I felt like I was going to scream because people were being really rude see it happening I wasn't feeling very positive about it but once I got it and was in line I kind of decided to start taking some deep breaths and then reminding myself to just stay in the moment that I'm on my way and there's no reason to stress so I think self-talk is a very very positive thing to do if Mm -hmm. you're in that situation where you're like trying to reduce your stress and you're dealing with the holidays other people who are being cranky you know just focus on the now and just try to breathe.
0: I just want to say I think you are so amazing that you have such wonderful insights that really, I feel, are of value to each and every one of us. And for anyone dealing w- with some mental health issues, even more so, and the fact that you have de- are dealing with it, living with this, and, and really being so dedicated, and also so honest about sharing your life experience, I think is, is um, is so invaluable to us. And, you know, I, I hope, you know, multiple ears in the professional services hear, hear you and pay attention to you because uh, you are doing such important work for all of us for the world.
1: Yeah, thank you. And that means a lot. I'm, I feel like I'm just starting at it and I don't know where it's going to take me, but I do know that my mom is an advocate. She advocates for those with disabilities, and I look at her success and she has done so much with her career, and I really looked up to her and I'm hoping I can make the same impact in the mental health world.
0: Well, the fact that you're focused in that, in that direction. And, you know, with the people that I speak with who talk about, you know, how we create what we want, it's like taking it a step at a time and the next door opens and the next door opens. So, you know, you, you know what path you want to be on. So I can't imagine, but that, you know, those doors will just keep opening or one won't open and it'll direct you to, to the next one that is the one that you need to be at. So I I think that you're just really an amazing woman, Angie.
1: Oh, well, thank you. So
0: once again, your book is 13 Nights. We can find it uh, at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you said. Check with our favorite bookstore. And online, we will find you at Facebook, right? Yes.
1: Angie Summers at Facebook.com.
0: Right. Well, thank you so much. Um, Boy, that just seems so kind of low-key, but really I'm so grateful for uh, our time of conversation and learning more about you and this very important work that you are doing for each and every one of us. Thank you, Angie Summers. Thank you. And with that, we are at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Angie Summers and Sunday Morning Magazine with Lorene Carey. Find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of making time to learn some of our country's past history and commit to doing this each day. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.